Welcome to Pop Culture Cake. Hey, um, <laughs> nice. I didn't. That's the tone that 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 Dane wants. By the way, I'm here with Dane. No, that's a stolen thing. Sorry. Is yeah, that, was I, that from Comedy Button? Yeah, it was Comedy Button. Another throwback. Okay, go ahead, Dane. So yeah, sorry. No, hi, Dane. I'm the guy who I'm not sure which role I'd be in a zombie apocalypse, but probably not the chainsaw guy. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Oh, I love that gimmick for the, doing the intros. Is kind of like what your trope would be in the. <laughs> I'm also here with Forrest. What's your What's your zombie film trope, Forrest? Oh, I'm just the guy living in the basement. They didn't know about until they showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 finally, and finally, and and finally, least last but not least, Jesus Christ, Lauren, say hi. Hey, I think in a zombie movie, I definitely would be the strategist and be like, we need to get to high ground, that kind of person, and be like, who's the people that I need to have in my party so we can best survive? I'd be that person. I think I'd be the brawler, right? Just like the world-weary brawler. Yeah. So we're here to talk about Army of the Dead. I wanted Mm -hmm. to say Army of the Zombie, but that's very (laughs) very much not right. It's a Zack Snyder film that came out on Netflix this year. So probably like one of the one of the one of those situations where we rarely do something that's I say that, but we've talked about King Kong and stuff. But we normally don't do things that are that this new or we hadn't in the past. So I'm excited to kind of see what our our, our fresher thoughts are. Guys, I got to be honest. I got to make a confession early on. I know I'm the one who suggested the film, but I only watched about 40, maybe 37 <laughs> minutes of it before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you serious? That's impossible. Come on. Before... Which, which 40? So you, you started the movie and where did you end up? I ended up with right after the queen zombie takes the guy away that they shot in the lake. So right before, I mean, I did also, I did also read the Wikipedia. So right before everything actually happens is when you are ridiculous. Listen, hear me out. In my defense, I think you watched the best part of the movie, though. To be honest, (laughs) in my defense, this is right after my twenty-three hour, (laughs) the twenty-three hour work weekend. So I just sat in my chair. I was like, honest to God, I got, I saw the guy get shot. I saw the zombie tiger. I saw the zombie queen take him away. I paused the movie to like start colds. And I saw that how long had it taken just to get to the actual premise that I cared about. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. You know what, Zack Snyder? I'm fully okay. <laughs> if it's yeah, between this and another hour of sleep, I'm going to go. Yeah, it, it's, I can't believe it's you a beefy till, movie. It's a long, it, it's, it's a little bit too long. I just can't believe you waited till all the way till we're recording. To just drop that. And I know you were just waiting for the right moment. Too. Yeah, yeah. So you can believe it. So it, <laughs> it's not that you can't believe it. It's that you are you're fully frustrated with my gimmick of of leading everyone to believe that we're doing one thing, and then I come up with a, a way to say, actually, it's like we're not doing that one thing. Look, I mean, okay. Look, it just off the top of the dome here. It took way too long to get to the shit that mattered, and. I don't know if I believed Batista's parental relationship with that woman. Like, I do oh, not. No. I did not get the sense that they were actually family. You and you didn't see like much later. I think I forget exactly, but Batista's he's like starting a generator or something, and then they have an awkward conversation about like you're upset with me because I had to shoot your mom because she turned to a zombie, and blah blah blah. I won't talk about that, but it was just such like a ham-fisted. It seemed extremely forced, and it also seemed like movie, either you have to really try to sell this relationship, or just actually glaze over it completely and treat it as a dumb zombie movie, right? But you can't do this, like, in-between shit where 
you're taught like you really want there to be like an emotional center and you want to invest in these characters but also you don't want to spend the time and you probably shouldn't because it's already almost a three fucking hour long movie you don't want to spend the time to really sell that relationship however like i'm going to take a step back and say that i actually did really like this movie (laughs) even though i'm coming out against it but i agree with your criticism there for sure I mean, I think I think you're asking what you're asking Zack Snyder to do is to fully betray his whole wheelhouse, which is to involve and participate in standard film tropes with the bare minimum attention required so that he can get to the shit that he cares about, which is like, I think, capturing the, the human form and action set pieces. Zack Snyder does not give a fuck about plot or (laughs) emotional growth or change all of that stuff in every movie i've ever seen of his has been paid the bare the barest of lip service to also just a quick 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 fun fact the helicopter pilot tig nataro she was not in this movie originally she's all of her scenes have been were filmed after the fact and added in there are almost no scenes where she's in, in, in actual proximity to the rest of the cast. And the reason oh being <laughs> the reason being that the, the original actor is an actor named Chris D'Elia, who during the production of this film had some very unsavory things come out about him in the we've all come to expect Hollywood types to have some type of fucked sex thing happening. So they fully cut him out of the movie and replaced him with Tig Notaro, who's a great comedian, by the way. Yes. <laughs> I thought she kind of saved it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I heard, too, is that Tig Notaro's, Tig Notaro's performance was like top she, tier. She just broke the fourth wall so many different times that really brought... I really enjoyed her presence on this movie. So I guess what I wanted to ask was, did, did any of you catch that? Did any of you get the sense that Tignataro was not in the same room as those people? No. No, I didn't realize. No, I didn't either, even notice. That's that pretty sense. cool. Here's, here's something I know. I, I listened to a Star Trek podcast because of fucking course I do. And they had an episode where they're interviewing the person who plays Tilly, whose name escapes me right now, in Star Trek Discovery. And they were talking about, like, you know, who is the person that, if you had to pick a character or something who is like totally fully does not give a fuck, who would you pick? And they're all like, of course it's Tignataro's character. Cause apparently she just kind of like her, the Tignataro just comes on set like one day and like does all of her shit and then leave. And she just like Tignataro's it up. So now that just, you say that, that makes uh-huh. perfect sense to me. That, that seems like it has to be the way, but I, it did not occur to me when I was watching the movie. Does, di- okay. Does, is Discovery good? Yes. Mm. I think Oh wow, that was that, a big mm. Well, I'm always slightly disappointed in it. But <laughs> it's not bad. That's my feeling. As a next generation guy, do you think I should watch Discovery? I think you should probably watch Voyager. I've seen Voyager. Okay. I've seen Deep Space I that's you know I don't want to fully lie to you. I've seen episodes of Deep Space 9 and I can't get over the darker not the darker tone, but literally the lighting. Like, like <laughs> literally, you want them to turn the lights up. <laughs> I really want. I literally need them to just turn the lights up, give it an HD remaster or something. Because I, every time I watch it, my eyes hurt in a way that I'm not ready to deal with. But yeah. it's the dark and gritty real future. Yeah, it has to be dark. We'll have to find a great like Garrick episode to give to you to watch. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. That's like a whole. That's a whole other thing. Well, no, we should I do th- that instead. I think Lauren. it doesn't feel like she's edited in there because she's replacing someone that was there. So it's kind of cheating. 
Yeah, but but like Dave Batista talks about in an interview how he's never met Tig. <laughs> like how, oh, how, it, how, it blo- funny. how it blows his mind watching the film and how much he wanted to like give her a hug and like congratulate her on her performance, but that he had never been in a room with her, not once. Wow. Oh, so they just CGI'd her in? Yep. Because she's well, okay, there with him sometimes. Yeah, but I, I, I now that you mention it, there were some scenes that looked a little like off in in a subtle way now that i think about it but you know i wouldn't have known if i if you didn't bring it to i mean i purged a lot of this movie from my mind before we fully get off of the discovery topic i do want to hear lauren lauren's positive take on discovery yeah so discovery i really (laughs) enjoy it i find that it has complex characters and it kind of goes into the darkness of i don't know politics and the things that happen on a ship that make it so interesting it's not whitewashing anything and it goes into what could possibly happen in the future and that's what i loved about stargate universe Mm. was like it was a stargate move show and that they were going through stargates and stuff like that but it was more focused on the drama of the ship and the politics and all that let me tell you how much i don't care about stargate also i love this is this is terrible podcasting but i love this cat action that i'm getting just the sweetest cat trying to like, <laughs> like, like, ease their way in, <laughs> into their mom's lap. <laughs> She's very delicate princess. I think uh, she fell into a hole once, and now she's scared of you know object permanence. Yeah. Also, Stargate's crap, Dane. I just... What? <laughs> what? No, I've, I haven't seen Stargate, so I have no dog in this fight. Dane, uh... you first. Brett, you're not allowed to interrupt. Is Go Stargate good? Me? Is Stargate good? Yeah, Stargate good. I liked Stargate SG-1, the original, up until O'Neill left the show. And I loved Stargate Universe. Oh my god, am I really going to blank on his name right now? To be fair, we didn't uh, we didn't ask you to prepare Stargate. No, no give, us a, know, give us a clue. Jason Momoa? He's no, the, the... Oh, I don't want to butcher an accent right now. The doctor, the scientist guy there. Robert Carlyle. Robert Carlyle. Uh, fuck, Robert Carlyle as uh, Rumpelstiltskin from Once Upon a Time. Or Dr. Nicholas Rush from Stargate Universe, like Robert Carlyle, like, oh my god, fantastic. Say Robert Carlyle one more time. Robert Carlyle, Robert Carlyle, <laughs> Robert Carlyle. Fantastic. Would you consider that your 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 plea for why, for why Stargate's good? No, no. So, I don't know, Stargate's just an interesting premise of, like, what does this technology do? And I think it explores human mythology in interesting ways. Yeah, the Stargate, I, I was a big fan of Stargate Universe. I don't know if you guys know the history of this, but, like, the Stargate Universe had like had watchers. They were still showing SG One, I think Thursday nights or something like that. And then uh, Sci Fi replaced SG One reruns with uh, WWE. Looking at you, Brent. Lame. And in protest, a bunch of people stopped watching SGU, which tanked its viewership. So they canceled the show after two seasons, and they left <laughs> it on a crazy cliffhanger oh my gosh oh was it stargate atlantis that had jason momoa in it i think Is so it, yeah no no really momoa was in stargate atlantis i'll watch oh, that i want was- my <laughs> my parents were like watching the star trek yeah, watching the Star-y. stargate watching really it is Jason Momoa. He's in there. Yeah. That's how. That's how oh, I know mind. about that's Jason Momoa. Yeah, is is from Stargate. He was in the main cast from seasons two through five. Damn. Of of Atlantis, right? Yes. So Brent, yeah. you don't like Stargate because something about wrestling. Like no, <laughs> I <laughs> I just think Stargate felt very. It felt I don't. I can't describe it too to dark. you. 
it just, it, no, the lighting was fine. I mean, it just felt it felt very square. Like, and as much as TNG is is kind of cheek, like 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 cringy. I don't know. It just felt like all of the squareness of these sci-fi shows, but none of the like Riker never sitting in a chair right because his back is fucked up, and and you just noticing that one time and. And it never leaving your brain or having like data tell a dumb joke and raise his eyebrows. Like there's not enough levity to it for me. Mm. And also I think, go ahead. Sorry, I feel like Teal'c brought some levity because he was sort of like the Vulcan character. I mean, there has those those tropes, but one of the reasons why I liked Stargate was it brought a lot of these things closer to home. I mean, you can travel space going through like Earth has a Stargate, so we don't have to have warp technology. We can visit these places. I don't know. It yeah. makes it it made it more um not tangible, but like close. Right. Have you seen the Stargate movie, any of you? The actual movie that it's based on? Yeah. Not oh, yes. the, yeah. I feel like that movie was also Oh, that one was hard. Also their guns. Who which one of them has guns that's like a snake that they put in their hand instead of it being a gun? You know what I'm talking that's, about? That's Stargate. I know, but which what what species, what race was that that had the, the gun? Ga-ul. The Ga'ul. Oh, yeah, the Ga'ul. Is that what is that what Teal is? Is he a Ga'ul? No, no, he's a uh, Jaffa. Jaffa? Jaffa, yeah. Yeah, because they're holding his Jaffa. <laughs> I think the Ga'ul is, I thought always thought that the Ga'ul was a cool name for a species. But anyway, <laughs> Stargates. Unless it, unless <laughs> what a tangent. Sense. That's what I do. That's the only. That's the. That's my big thing that I bring to the podcast. But by the way, <laughs> Army of the Dead. Who wants to describe the podcast? I mean, not the podcast, the show, because the movie. Fuck, because obviously I can't. I didn't watch it all. I mean, I'm going to do a bad job, and I'm just going to tell you what happened, but in a very vague sense. So we start out in Las Vegas. There's some sort of army convoy driving down. There's an uh, driving down the road. There's an accident, and their payload kind of like flies off the truck, and whoopsie, the payload is a bunch of zombos, right? So the zombos come into... It was the king zombie, the alpha zombie. And he which, the king. which Zack the Snyder one... explained in like commentary or whatever, that it was a experiment with alien DNA that made the zombie. Wait, wait, let's back up. You watched... So it's an X-File. You watched yeah. No, Polygon had an article about it. Okay. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us what Polygon said about it? Okay. So basically, so including backstory that you'll only get from watch listening to Zack Snyder, or the weird you. genius that he is, maybe question mark. The army did an experiment with alien DNA at Area Fifty One, and they ended up creating a sol- turning a soldier into what is effectively a zombie. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that his bite makes like alpha zombies, which retain their intelligence, but turn other people into regular zombies, crawlers, as they call them. And so there's a massive outbreak in Las Vegas and there's a huge fighting, all that. It's kind of shown in montage set to like silly music. And they end up making this massive wall of cargo containers around Las Vegas. And then it cuts to the present. And then Dave Batista, who was one of these zombie fighter, like militias, I guess he's working as like a, a chef at a restaurant. And this guy comes to him with an offer for a job. There's a, former casino owner who wants to get a heist to go into the white Tanaka trying to get money out of his vault because the government has decided they're going to nuke Las Vegas on the 4th of July. And so they, they get a coyote to take them into the city. And it turns out that it's not like what people think at all. All the crawlers are actually dead because they were out in the sun. And so they dried up, but there's these alpha zombies that rule 
And so initially the coyote like names a guy so we can't run away. They take him. You find out later. Anyways, I'm getting way lost in details here. Basically, there's uh, smart zombies. They let the heisters go in. There's still kind of other zombies just kind of hanging out. Eventually, they get the money. But one of the casino guys, henchmen, is actually there to get an alpha head to make more zombies. And they end up killing the zombie queen. And that upsets the zombie king because, as it turns out, she was pregnant. And so, yeah, pregnant zombies, it's weird. And then they basically everyone dies. That's the end. Yeah, and then there's like the whole thing with the main character's daughter because he had to kill his wife because she turned into a zombie. And there's also the walking German stereotype guy who cracks the safe. There's like a, there's like characters. Yeah, there's characters. Dieter's getting his own spinoff thing. Jesus Christ. Really? Oh, Why? I love I love that. But he didn't survive, did he? Question mark. It's a prequel. It's a prequel. It's a prequel. Oh, but also, there are some theories that this that this takes place during a time loop. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. that's what I wanted to bring up because, yeah. like, Vanderhoe literally brought it up, and I was like, "Oh, is this like the fourth wall, or are they just making a joke?" Or then I'm like, "Oh, by the end, I'm like, oh no, that I think that's that's what it is." And plus, what, huh? What? I'm sorry. How? What does the movie do that lets you know that's what this is? Because everyone dies at the end and it's not happy. Like there's no like no one gets any money. Like you think how how much of the end do you usually talk about in these podcasts? Like I don't want to spoil the whole, anything. The whole for thing is spoiled. The whole movie is spoiled. Oh. Spoil, spoil away. Yeah. yeah okay. This, this, well, this is your this is your warning. If you're well, listening. at the end, there's a scene when Dieter pushes Vanderhoe, who are now like best buds, and I love their chemistry. On they saved the movie with Tignataro, but he pushes uh, Vanderhoe, which is one of the guys who's part of the team, and he has this giant saw. But he uses the saw later to help himself because Dieter pushes him into the safe as like these zombies are attacking and there's this great scene where he's like no and at the end you see there's a scene where you see the nuclear missile being fired at las vegas and you're like oh my god what about vanderhoe in the safe well in the last five minutes of the movie he pops out and he's got all these sacks of cash and you're like oh my gosh at least somebody got something from this this slaughter and then he like he charters a private jet with fat stacks of cash and then he's on the jet and the last couple scenes is him in the bathroom mirror and he's there saying how his temperature has gone down and you know he chartered this plane by himself right so it's only him and he's got the virus in Mexico City. The, which is and, like so yeah. days and days in of incubation, City. which makes like zero sense. Right. So that means there's going to be another outbreak. Like, that's the thing. I'm like, the. it was also really weird watching this in light, you know, because this was made in 2019 in light of the pandemic, because they were talking about like splices of Sean Spicer in uh, CNN footage and, you know, talking about people being, have their temperatures checked and, and having vaccination cards and things like that against the zombie apocalypse. I'm like, that was kind of crazy that it came out 2019. But what about that confirms that it's a, it's a time loop? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. It's just the, <laughs> sorry, it's just the sense that I got because it just ended very abruptly. It's like, that's it. I don't there's know. There's a there's a throwaway part in the movie where they get to the vault and there's like several skeletons by the door and they're like one to one the same 
as the people doing the heist. Like one of them has like the same necklace as Batista's like love interest lady. And, and while that's happening, Van was Vanderhoff. Was that really his name, or is that the who? who is that? Yeah, I thought that was yeah. his name. I don't know. He's talking about like basically like Nisha's idea of like eternal recurrence, where like they're stuck in this like repeating thing over and over and over again. And it's like panning over these bodies, specifically the necklace. And it's like some dark tower shit or something, you know? That seems like such a wild throwaway bit for the middle <laughs> of the film. Also, if I remember correctly, because from my, what I watched, Dieter was not experienced with the zombies at all. But this prequel, Army of Thieves, would indicate that he has some previous experience. Which, by the way, it's already filmed. This movie's filmed. It's going to come out this year, probably. Wild. It'd be so wild. This whole thing is wild. Also, the beginning bit with the music and the Las Vegas and like the, the essentially like the just the multi slow-mo gags of zombies destroying things to music. That's Richard Cheese singing the song. And it's also a very strong callback to Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead which A, had very similar gimmicks and also had a very famous cover of Down with the Sickness by Richard Cheese in it. Also, the military guys in the beginning seemed super incompetent. Like that one that one guy who was just like, where the lady was like, hey, get the fuck out of there. And he's like, what? Get the fuck out of where? Get the fuck out of, get the fuck out of where now? Do Hi, what now? my name is what? <laughs> I feel like they could have gotten away <laughs> if they had just left or gotten back in the truck. Nothing about their Hummer should have been damaged since it was just the zombie vehicle that got flipped over and they were able to stop. I don't know, oh, man. Yeah. It just felt lab- laborious. I'm so sorry that you had to finish it, but I, I was already kind of tuning out when I, when I was like, oh, the premise of this is that this trained military driver is not going to notice this vehicle swerving as this vehicle is swerving because the guy is getting roadhead. But it's not a serious movie. I mean, like, it's a dumb movie on purpose, right? Like, I thought that that was kind of the point. It very early telegraphs to you with the incompetent army people and, like, with all the stupid shit that happens that this is not a serious movie. This is a movie, like, you, like, make a bunch of popcorn it should not be two hours and 45 fucking minutes long or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I think that's part the of the problem. Yeah. I think part so, of the problem is is the I language that he's communicating in, like where everyone dies at the end and it's three hours long. And there's this the the through line of the father and daughter and all this other stuff are like would communicate to you a level of seriousness that is not followed through it, which is, again, one of my biggest complaints of Zack Snyder films. I get that. I get that. But my, my point is, I guess, because when I came into this movie, I didn't know it was a Zack Snyder movie. I didn't know anything about it other than obviously it had something to do with zombies and that it was too long. And then when I started watching it, I was pleasantly surprised. And I think the reason is that I very early on kind of got what this movie was doing and I was here for it. And I'm not saying that it's like a great movie. I'm just saying that I enjoyed it. That's like, that's like my entire point. Yeah, that's super fair. I mean, I th- and, I, and I think someone mentioned that, I think it was Dane, that that Batista's character was a chef at a restaurant. Look, you have elevated every aspect of what that what he actually was, which was a cook at like a fucking hole in the wall diner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think I think what I wonder if how much of this is my personal bias towards Zack Snyder, and if, I wonder if 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 they had if somebody else had come in and really fucked up the movie, and then Zack Snyder was able to re-release it, <laughs> uh, I would like it better. Just like, a random example. 
yeah, Could apropos you name of a situation where that would happen? Justice League. Oh shit. Oh, Dane, sarcasm is probably not gonna it's probably not gonna sell easily on this audio only podcast. No, I think they got it. I think we I don't know, man. Clear. I don't know, Dane, do it again. Give me another take of the sarcasm. No, it's too late. Sarcasm is in the moment. It's Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it really like three hours long? But you know, uh, one thing I want to mention is that I enjoyed this not really because of the plot. I did really like this weird time loop thing and you know what was going on. But uh, I agree with Forrest that you kind of knew that it was going to be like once you there was like the scene with like a miniature. It was like a heist movie and a zombie movie all combined in one. So you're like, okay, this can't be take yourself too seriously. But what I really did appreciate was all of the special effects and the makeup and the extras. Like it was so beautifully done. I haven't seen a zombie movie with such like expressive zombies before. I really enjoyed all of the gore and all of that. It was good. I mean, I think Zack Snyder, I think you you hit it right on the head and in terms of what does Zack Snyder actually care about? And it is like capturing the human figure in motion and bringing that to the forefront. He has an eye for that. Like there's not, it's not a coincidence that he does so many action films and that he's still, he's still so popular. Like if he was just making bad movies and there was nothing appealing about them, he wouldn't continue to make movies, but like he has a really good eye for like the visceral physicality of this stuff like even Watchmen, like the the scene where as hokey as some of that stuff is but the scene where like the comedian dies or maybe all of sucker punch is 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 just this this gimmick there's like a level of of weight there that i think he's obsessed with and i could appreciate and honestly probably the it's probably if 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 the this the this beginning of the movie was like 30 minutes long and we started getting into the action a little bit later a little bit earlier i should say i probably would have stuck through it because that stuff does interest me from Zack snyder i think the fact that it was like almost an hour if not an hour of the setup where it's like where i'm feeling him oceans 11 trope me and like uh, and like all these other gimmicks that rely on more care towards dialogue I think I would have been able to stick to through it, but it, I felt kind of like the best scene I saw was Tig was Tig and, and Dave Batista at the helipad for me, and it was just like, oh, this is Tig. What's selling this is Tig's performance, not not anything else. I I didn't mind the German guy. Also, maybe I should maybe I should watch this film. Everyone just pause. I'll be right back. And then- <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even talk about like, the guys. This movie was actually good. We haven't even talked about the robot zombies. Yeah. What the wait? What the fuck did wait, you just what say? Ta- what what? Dink in your chain. Yeah, no. So so if you noticed in the movie, when they were doing headshots on some zombies, there was like a blue pulse or whatever. So like in the same interview I was talking about before, Zack Snyder's like, yeah, did you catch the robot zombies? And I'm like, fucking robots. Yeah, supposedly. He's got this whole backstory in his head for this universe. And the Mm -hmm. way, so I did notice the blue pulses when they shot some of them in the head. But I thought that was like a reference to the fact that they're like alien origin. I didn't even think of like robots. Like that's just that's just weird. Because when 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 they spoilers, Brent, because you haven't watched the fucking movie, the zombie queen was pregnant, like I said before. And when the king opens her up and pulls out the fetus, it's like this blue alien looking thing. Oh, yeah. So. So, yeah, it's a whole thing. He's got a whole thing. Yeah, I thought you were fucking with us. I think that. okay, so. It seems to me that Brent liked this movie. Brent did not like this movie. Let me be clear. Brent did not like this movie. 
I sort of like the movie, but I think I agree with you, Brent, on your criticisms. If we were to go back and like recut this, I think if we just cut out the scenes where there's they like do a half-assed attempt at some type of emotional connection between the characters. Not because I'm against that, but because it's just done poorly. If we take the first part and like really speed through the whole army is like driving down the road and blah blah blah, and then all this shit happens. Like if we just start basically with Bautista flipping burgers or whatever the fuck, and then they kind of explain everything you need to know by like Bly Tanaka's characters coming in and and like talking through the plan. I think this would be a much better movie. Yeah, I think Zach's. I think I don't know. Maybe Zach. This is like the one, like the first movie where Zack Snyder fully went all out in terms of like wild choices because robot zombies exist. It's potentially a time loop. This is alien tech, actually. Like shit that you like. You guys watch the movie and the robot zombies was a surprise to you. Yeah, like the, right. I thought this. I thought the tiger oh. zombie was a fun gimmick. Also. Oh, that was really cool. That was probably yeah. one of the best parts. Was this? No, uh, I also really liked the coyote. I thought that was an interesting character. Also, apparently, the container that contained the zombie in the beginning, it actually was addressed to Iran. So think about that little ha ha hee hee joke there, huh? I don't get the implications, but oh really? I, I, I mean, seriously, outside of outside of our our contentious relationship, or maybe not contentious relationship with Iran, I don't know. I think the what? joke is that the United States is going to use a biological weapon, a la Resident Evil. Here's your segue opportunity to uh, take out Iran. Look, Resident Evil is a good game, and I. <laughs> <laughs> which which Resident Evil? The eight, obviously Village. Okay, I haven't yeah. played. I haven't even played seven. I didn't play seven because it would came out and it was like an actual scary video game, which is not the kind of video game that I normally engage with. I played through parts of four as a child because I didn't own it. So it was like whenever I'd go to my cousin's house or something. And then I played through five and I played through six, which are like bad, not, yeah, not arguably definitively the worst Resident Evil games to have ever come out. And then, and I actually, I really fucking liked them a lot because I thought they were like a fun co-op experience where everything is bad. Like it's clearly hokey with the main characters punching literal boulders. I think the final boss of five or six is you fight Albert Wesker, Albert Wesker in a volcano where your regular heroes are just in the volcano. Here's what I think. I think Resident Evil five and six represent what Army of Dead could have been. In that if we just stuck to the wild zombie shit and not the Ocean's Eleven gimmick, I would have been all in the whole time. Like somebody really like we like we have to recut this film. I think there needs to be a Brent cut of the film where it's just the first hour and 10 minutes cut off. And it's like, here's your movie. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this is great. But then I didn't play Resident Evil 7 because it felt Resident Evil 7 because it felt very serious. And then I played a, a lot of Resident Evil 8. And I'm curious about what you guys thought about Resident Evil 8. Dane, real quick, though. Before we get split too far off, tell me about your thoughts of Resident Evil 5, since you're seemingly so adamant about continuing to go through the previous games. It was so bad. It was so bad. 4 was the pinnacle, in my opinion. Had the puzzles some of the, of the original games, exploration of the original games, some mild horror elements. Leon Scott Kennedy is one of my favorite characters from the universe. Had revolutionized the series with basic combat that was like you know you had to stop and shoot and ammo and and resource management and then they took like the action elements of that game which in its defense made the series more popular than i think it's ever has 
Resident Evil 4 has been put out on more systems than like anything else. And they cut out all the exploration. They cut out all of the puzzles. And that's how you got Resident Evil 5. And it's just like a shell of the original Resident Evil games. Are you still are you still gonna play six? I've got a friend who wants to play six with me, so I will guess struggle through six. It also brings back Leon Scott Kennedy, who was one of my favorite characters in the series. I hate that he, his haircut hasn't changed. In RE4, it's like back when that game came out, it was like a cool haircut. And now he just looks like a mom. But he's also like <laughs> ostensibly 40 years old and he's got this mom cut on going on and i'm like leon buddy you gotta let it go you gotta cut the hair <laughs> has anyone watched any of the uh, cgi movies dan i think you know the answer no. to that question okay. I... he is a headshot machine in those movies like it's almost comical how every shot he fires is just like right between the eyes and just killing mass amounts of zombies so, I mean, I think you would likely get really good at headshots if you had survived multiple <laughs> out zombie outbreaks. So who's played, who else played seven or eight? I played eight. I haven't played seven and I haven't played, I haven't really played any of the other ones except randomly Resident Evil Revelations, which I had a lot of fun with, but probably just because it was crazy that they could put that game on a 3DS at the time. Uh, Lauren, have you played any Resident Evil games? Nope, but <laughs> I am looking up leon from resident evil and he does have a mom cut it's kind of <laughs> like it's kind of what my hair is going on right now i wouldn't do that i wouldn't insult your hair like that he's uh what I are definitely some of these, need a haircut what are some of these cgi movies that he was in dan you don't you happen to know, know, know any of these dumb names i know one's vengeance i just look i feel like it's the early 2000s i get that that's what your hair looks like but it's a lot like Dante from Devil May Cry. Resident Evil Degeneration, Resident Evil Damnation, and Resident Evil Vendetta. And he is in all three of them. I've put a link in the chat for what his hair looks like. And this should be the show art. Yeah, if we did show art, that would be that would be clutch. So okay, talk about Resident Evil 8 before <laughs> the fucking Okay, yeah. Scene. So Resident yeah. Evil 8. It's a good game. It's a good ass game. Everybody knows. I don't know. So I've played it, Brent. You've played like what? The first parts of it, or what was the deal here? I've gotten to I I've gotten past the water level. How far have you gotten? I beat the game. Yeah, so I'm just before the workshop, the one where the Heisen just before Heisenberg section. Is that a Oh, thing? the Fishman. Okay. No, no, no. I've I've beat Fishman. Oh, so you're after Fishman before Heisenberg. Correct, correct. Yeah, so I actually so I really like this game. I've not been a huge fan of like a horror game even though I was so okay, right before I started playing revelations not revelations resident evil 8 i don't know what the fuck i'm saying before i started playing 8 i was not going to get 8 because i have alien isolation a great horror game i should really play through that here's the thing about alien isolation a fucking alien tries to kill you all the time and it's not that it's horror it's that it's just stalking up and down the same hallway and there's just no way to get past him. I mean, like, you could throw... I'm sure there is. There must be. It's a game. You can throw, like, the flashbang or whatever. But I was just getting frustrated. So eventually, I'm like, fuck it. What I actually want to do is play 8. Get 8. Everybody talks about the giant lady. Right? She's fine. Like, like she's actually yeah, she like, is, not she's, a she's main fine. character at all. The, she's the, so the, fine. The thing that... Yeah, okay. The thing that got me <laughs> is the doll and the... <laughs> thing that happens with the doll i feel like i don't want to spoil even though we have a 
you know, you can talk about anything policy in this podcast. I don't even want to talk about what happens with that doll. I don't want to talk about what happens with that doll only because it stresses me out to think about. <laughs> hey, Lauren, have you, have you been over the shoulder or playing? Have you played it or over shoulder watched? No, but I have seen all the memes about the giant lady and I'm all for it. Love that. So you, you, you did watch him play Alien Isolation then? Nope. No, I like squirrel away on my sneaky little computer and play in the corner. Oh, of this I kind of, I kind of wanted to get the the gimmick of like, not what it's like to play a game, but what it's like to to watch a game. Because something that I experienced, we had so forced. You don't have very different experiences of the game, to be honest. Because like I was playing in a Discord, like streaming it to some people, and so they were like, so a lot of a lot of the initial horror from or the, some of the stressful parts were a little bit alleviated, and also there were just puzzles that I wasn't going to be able to get done without the help of. Did you complete the in Lady Dimitrescu's uh, mansion or castle? Did you complete the piano puzzle by yourself? I think so. Yeah, and it's the one where you just like get the piano, you you get the keyboard, and you get the sheet music, and you have to just play the sheet music. Yeah, can you read music? Yeah, but I can read music. I can very slowly read music, but I learned that in high school. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know. I I, I couldn't. I don't know how to read music, so I would have been. I would have been there forever if I didn't look it up. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like this fun collaborative experience up until the baby. Fuck the dollhouse. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I gotta baby. look this I, thing up. Have you not, How far? Don't, how far have you gotten, Dane? I haven't you, played it at all. Oh, don't it's just, look it's it up. Just... Don't look it up. Don't even listen to us right now. In fact, go away. Take your headphones I know. off. Listen, go my away. Partner, Come back in five my minutes. My partner watched every single cutscene from every single Resident Evil game, including Village. Like she and just loves. Just... She lives that for that shit. And you were just she there. Just filled me in on all the stuff in Resident Evil. I mean, I'm. I don't give a fuck about spoilers. I don't care. This is a dollhouse, and there's a situation. I, I'm gonna. I, even though I don't care about spoilers, I'm going to try to be. I'm going to try to lean vague here. It is excruciating. That that whole level is actively stressful. Because the very beginning of it, they take away all of your guns, all of the verbiage that you would use to provide an element of control or the illusion of control to yourself. These blankets of security that truly, for you to break it down, don't provide you any safety. And also, you are the you, Ethan Winters, are the most terrifying monster of all because you can just reload the save. So, like, they take away all of these things and they leave you in a room with a mannequin of your of your dead wife. And what happens afterwards, I think, has permanently adjusted the way that i will perceive escape rooms going forward like already, <laughs> already the the pendulce like has changed how i think about being in an enclosed space with strangers or even people that i know but the the idea that that any amount of success might like release what is released in that fucking dollhouse i i think the only reason i was able to complete that level force i don't i don't know how the fuck you did it the only reason i I had an audio issue about three quarters of the way through just before the thing shows up. So I could not hear some of the audio cues. Oh. So I was I was almost able to silent film like some of the elements that were meant to ex- like elicit stress in you. Yeah. I was I was free from. Yeah. And but, but I, also I think- like the, the cues that you should fucking like hurry up or that you should like maybe not be here when something bad is going to happen like you didn't get those cues either so on the one hand you're releasing you're kind of like relieving some of the stress but on the other hand 
I feel like you're creating your own kind of stress because like you don't actually have the input you need to successfully escape. Yeah, I think what for me it was was like there would be the slightest the slightest hint or the slightest whisper, obviously not audio, of the a slight the slightest visual whisper of the thing and I would immediately quick turn and, and just leave. Right? Like yeah. there was no <laughs> there's no amount of like hemming or hawing about whether or not it's getting closer. I would just see it and leave. Like I would mm-hmm. see it leave, see it leave and I finally got out. And of course there are some tricks being played where like its progress throughout the house is reset depending on some of the final objectives, like getting the fuse box in and then pressing the button. Its progress in the house is reset so that it does, it is closer to you. And getting into the elevator at the end and like it closing and it going up, I have never felt so fucking alive and free I felt genuinely trapped by this game. <laughs> yeah. Especially because there were other people watching me play. And it was like, oh, so I have to continue. I cannot stop. And I think it drained me. I think this is the reason why I haven't gotten, I didn't get much farther. Because like the water level is a, a lot of a palate cleanser, A. And it's very short also. compared, Or it feels so short. And I was able to like, just off the high of escaping the thing in the dollhouse, I was able to like power through that. And then afterwards, I felt like not a human being anymore. Well, the dollhouse, I mean, the dollhouse section is also very short in terms of time and distance, depending on, you know, how many times you have to replay it. But it weighs heavily on you. It has an outsized impact for sure on how you perceive the game and, and for me i, I don't want to be like rrr, rrr, it's totally fine. but like the first time i saw the creature i freaked the fuck out and then after <laughs> that i was actually kind of okay because i'm like okay i actually kind of understand the mechanics of what this game is doing and like i'm good i'm good we're cool but there's nothing like the first time you see it and yeah i got fucking eaten by a giant baby like three times uh <laughs> <laughs> i never got eaten Oh, nice. I never you, got, you figured no, it out. No, well, actually, I no, never, fir- I couldn't figure, I, I didn't realize I had to unlock that one door from the other side, or like I didn't quite get that. So that was all, that was most of it. I only got, <laughs> eight, I only got eaten once and it was the first time it showed up. And I said, I was, and I could, like, I'm playing on a keep mouse and keyboard and I could feel my hands, like as a gamer, my right, I'm a traditional console gamer. So my right hand is used to performing all of the functions that I need to perform. And my left hand is just movement and whatever. And that that is flipped on a PC. If you're right hand dominant, the mouse is doing the least work and your left hand is doing all of the actual work. Mm-hmm. So when this when it, when the baby showed up, I fully flipped the fuck out. I was pressing all the wrong buttons. I, I was like turning my caps lock on and off constantly. Oh and, no! And and I decided, you know what? I'm just gonna let it fucking eat me. And I ran right into it because uh-huh. also cause this is kind of with a bit of like in a video game, we are the most terrifying thing there because we can we are infinite in that way. So no matter how scary Lady Dimitrescu is or the baby or any of these things, they are ultimately fucked because I can now I cannot die. Yes. <laughs> You can always you can press all that for you turn off your computer walk outside. <laughs> yeah, so I just figured, you know what? Let me just get let me just see what the, what the worst it has for me is. 
And then after that, I didn't die once. I I was in a fugue state, though. I I I, I want to ask you a, a, a question about this, but I was in a full fugue state, like going up to the fucking cracked lines and just being like, "No, I got this. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here." Like none of the baby dolls were freaking me out. I was like, "No, nope, fuck this. Fuck this. I gotta go." I was firing on all cylinders. But I have been physically affected by that that that, that game, oh, no. that level in a, in a while. And I, mean, I, I want to ask you, has when was and I, this is a question? Actually, honestly, is for everybody. When was the last time a video game like truly, truly elicited a long lasting visceral reaction out of you? Silent Hill. I was not playing it, just watching somebody playing it. And with that flashlight, like I maybe watched this like 10 years ago over somebody's shoulder and I still remember it. And that's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, so do you want to do you want to talk about that more or is that? No, that's it. That's just my quip. The fact that everything around you is dark and you only have this small cone of a vision and things pop out at you. I still remember that. It's like a core memory for me. <laughs> oh, wow. Dane, is there a game for you? Or you think you want to pass it to Forrest? What do you think? Yeah, I don't really play a lot of horror games. So I'm trying to think well, it doesn't have to be a horror game. It's just something. No, that's what I'm trying to think through now. I mean, I got yeah, one. Of my, kind of my cheap answer is Alien Isolation, right? Because that's what I was playing right before in order to. I, I think I got it in some kind of like bundle thing. And I'm like, well, I should probably play these backlog games. See, see our backlog episode. It's just like the alien shows up and scoops you. It seeing the alien is not really a problem for me because you've all seen Alien. Like you know what a fucking xenomorph looks like. But when it scoops you up, it, it, it hangs out of the ceiling sometimes and scoops you up. And that's that's like what shocks me. But nothing like this baby. I think there's the first time that you get away from the alien in isolation where you get into that open space and you need to climb down a vent or through a door that's in the center of a circular room. And I I think I timed it poorly because I get to the door, I do the hacking mechanic, and then the alien grabs me. In any scenario where I have been successful in a video game, I was not in this scenario. It just grabs you. That it's that was like I audibly yelled. But I, Alien didn't do it for me. I guess because I've just also consumed so much xenomorph media. Yeah. But it, fuck, man, this baby really fucked me up, dude. <laughs> Something so fucked about that whole level. I can't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, that it's a triumph. I mean, like the fish guy, whatever. Like, it, not even in terms of how scary he is, but even just as a section of a video game, I could care less. I, they could have cut that whole section out, I think. Um, yeah i mean i think his boss fight i haven't fought heisenberg i haven't done any of that yet i think his boss fight actually you know what that's not true i have entered the first part of the heisenberg level where you fight a bunch of the werewolves you know what i'm talking about yeah Yeah. heisenberg is that's a pretty good the, the whole thing with that is at least the way i was playing they really challenge you with the amount of ammo that you have and the amount of like other supplies that you have so that's kind of i think that's less about horror and more about just like trying to survive. That's a resident. That's a Resident Evil cornerstone. I, yeah, definitely. I think uh, there was a moment where Lauren might have destroyed. Was concerned that she had destroyed her mic or killed the cat. <laughs> yes, I almost sat on the cat. No, the cat has a bad habit of snuggling into and under blankets, and also she's not bigger than just like a small amount of air. Yeah. So you have to check. Does she pro? Does she protest? No, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the worst. She thing. doesn't make a sound. She doesn't move. She's like, ah, this is life. 
I guess I'll be sat on. The cat just that imagine lives you with... as Lady Jamiscu. So. <laughs> no, that yeah, in that scenario, the cat would be the cat. But the cat that lives with us is a big protester. Like she just walks around and she's very vocal about her presence and in, 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 in relation to anything. I guess the wind could change and she would need you to know that she's felt the barometric pressure of the of the world drop. But I fucking can't stand cats that don't focalize. They terrify me. I'm so, A, allergic to cats. B, I'm so scared of hurting any living thing. But cats are enough of a mammal compared, like, in relation to a dog, the actual animal I care about, that I'm just like, the, the idea that I might not be paying attention and fully kick a cat has me horrified at all times. So are you saying that no one, the cat doesn't belong to anyone? The cat just lives there? Is that? I say, I say lives here because it's my roommate's cat. It's not my cat. But right. I mean, I mean, she's very fond of me, like she in the worst way. She's very vocal about everything, but she does decide on occasion at three o'clock in the morning when I'm on my computer to not vocalize and to just fully rub up against my whole leg when I'm like watching something scary or just like not thinking about animals. And she's just like, hey, I'm like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ. But Dane, visceral, not visceral, like in the horror, but this is a game that have affected you. You know, I've been thinking. Dude, I could buy you more time. I got no, one more. Nothing, nothing really comes to mind. I mean, there's a few moments in games where, like, if I think about them too long, kind of creep me out. But like, nothing in the moment. What about beauty? You're like, what do you, do you do? You remember? Did you ever play Elder Scrolls games? You ever play Oblivion? I mean, Breath about... of the Wild. I'm sure had a few moments, but no, we're, this is not a podcast for like in uh, Breath of the Wild. But you're allowed to like. You're allowed to like things that are bad. No, I know. I know. I know. Um, Wait, Forrest, did you say Breath of the Wall is bad? Did we agree no, on no, that? No, it's good. It's <laughs> good. I, I, I like okay. it, actually. But I, I, I like fucking around with it. But it's not I, what I wanted it to be. I will tell one story. So there's only ever been, like, like usually, so I've been playing video games, like, most of my life. I started playing video games when I was four. And so I've played so many video games, and I have such an idea of, like, level design that, like, I frequently know where, like, most hidden shit is, you know? Like, you kind of develop a sense of, like, oh, this corridor over here. Like, oh, this layout's particularly open. I bet there's something hidden over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure, for us, I'm sure you played enough games, you kind of get a similar sense. Oh, just fully fuck Lauren, I guess. Um... No, I don't, know how much, I don't know how much video games Lauren plays. Lauren, do you play a lot of video games? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, man, I'm a nerd. Yeah, but no, there will be certain points in video games and even in um, certain things that I've watched where they'll be like, oh, one thing is a very obvious different color than another thing. You know, I mean, that's but I or this random this random item. I'm going to hold on to it. And oh, look at that. It's a key to a puzzle later on. For me, I think what stands out to me about that idea is like if you enter a T-junction and there's one path that is clearly the path. The end. If the other path is just a little bit too long, um, like oh, there's something at the end of that path that I should probably get, because uh, so, otherwise this, otherwise this would just be a left turn. You know, there's no, <laughs> there's nothing more frustrating than a T junction that doesn't do anything. It would just make it a left turn. What are we doing right now? So, so and so similarly to story mechanics, you kind of get a feel for like twist villains and all that stuff. There's only ever been one game that completely caught me by surprise, and it stuck with me forever. It's a game back on the GameCube called Baiting Kaitos. I don't know if you, you ever played it. It was a it was an RPG with this really cool mechanic where you you made like a deck of cards and they also used the internal clock of the GameCube where things would change over time. So seeds would become plants, milk would become cheese, just random stuff like that. It was a really cool mechanic. And in the story, about two-thirds of the way through, 
you find out that the main character you've been playing was actually the big, like one of the big villains the whole time. And you had no idea whatsoever. It was the only ever. And like, I felt betrayed by that game. I like, I felt like personally hurt by this fictional character of like, how could you betray me, the player? in this way it, 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 and that that's still stuck to me to this day so it's not like a fear reaction or like anything like that like made me think but it i definitely did feel like attacked by a video mm-hmm. game highly recommend the game i think about condemned criminal origins a lot it's like this xbox game i think i think what really triggered the memory is is lauren talking about silent hill and the flashlight and in, in condemned you have a flashlight and you're a murder investigator like a like a detective and there are like these crazy people that you have that are fully like tops of their lips peeled fully peeled off type crazy so not like mentally unwell people like wild monsters essentially and there's a there's like a lot of this game where it's like you have a flashlight and a pipe and you can't use both at the same time to defend like you have to use the pipe to defend yourself but you can't use the flashlight to illuminate the space and it's very tough it's very gruesome and there's also a level in in the second game where you fight a fucking bear in a house and it it, it, <laughs> it just I've never I don't often feel threatened in games like in the way that I do with the baby and with this bear but in terms of happy moments I think the in Halo the first time when you come out of the drop pod, like, and all these people are dead and you, you open up to the Vista for the first time, to me, I, I just think that I didn't really consider video games to be able to occupy that space, like where they would give, like, it felt like, oh, this is a world, you know what I mean? Because I didn't play when, uh, Ocarina of Time. Like, that wasn't a game that I played. For me, it was Halo. Whereas I think a lot of people, it was Zelda or something where it really kind of, like, showed you a space and it was like, this is a world. So I, I don't know. I guess that's that's it for me. Anything else, guys? Piggybacking off that, the first time playing Dark Souls and seeing An Orlando for the first time in that beautiful sky with like the perpetually setting sun, that is one of my favorite backgrounds in any video game. That is a beautiful landscape. I think Dark Souls is a bad game. Okay, but can you appreciate the, uh, the beauty of that? Like it's a dying world. It's like yeah. the abandoned city of the gods. Yeah. And it's just like perpetual settings, like sun just above the horizon. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's gorgeous. I don't know if anyone else kind of has appreciated it. I've never played Dark Souls. Nope, I guess not. <laughs> Lauren, crickets? <laughs> no, I haven't, but I have seen playthroughs of Dark Souls, and I do love the world building that there's so much in video games that i guess i started playing video games when i was 10 no i take that back my next door neighbors had a nintendo but so i would go over there we played mario and like donkey kong and things like that but then when when nintendo got into more of the world building into the more the rpg and outside of that and i got into that sort of flavor it became something like books were to me if you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like you're walking into something else's creation and kind of marveling at what they put together yeah i mean i think i think that's why well i don't know what just happened to dane but i think i think can you hear me still we can still hear you yep that's weird i think that's one of the greatest parts of video games is just the way that it can kind of elicit some of the same reactions as like an actually top tier media as like but like i think i think that's what changed it from like a thing that people did to top tier media or art is like that trigger right what i think what differentiates me playing poker or some kind of you know interacting with chess or something and reading a book watching a movie listening to music is that it introduces it makes me feel something that i can then build on 
and that I want to build on immediately. You know, you like you see a vista, you see something, you read something, and in your head, it's not just that Harry Potter got a cake from this half giant that he's a wizard. It's that I thought about the house, I thought about the rain, I thought about the implications. My mind goes into this big place, and obviously, fuck J.K. Rowling forever. But like, it, it just goes into this bigger place of like wow like that what what other shit is out there and resident evil 8 doesn't do that so i guess it's a bad game one out of five max uh (laughs) no i give it a four out of four maxes one for each lord and then maybe actually five out of four throw in the baby good luck (laughs) no it's definitely like a narratively you know it's not expansive you can't just wander off the map and like do your own adventure but it's just not that kind of game and I think there's room for I think there's room for any kind of game as long as it's executed well and it's fun. Fun might not be the first adjective that I use. Like terrifying might be the first adjective that I use, but that's still fun in its own way. Yeah, I'm not really definitely. saying anything useful here. I'm just saying that's all good. Army of the Dead. What are the max scores for Army of the Dead, guys? Dane, we'll, we'll start with you. Two out of five maxes. Five out of what? Two out of five. Uh, Lauren. Um, so I'm not sure what criteria the maxes are. So we'll, we'll, I'll give you a quick rundown on that. So the max score is not out of five. It's out of whatever you want. And it, and generally what we have come to understand it as is that in, in a lot of ways, max brings a certain measurable unit of joy into your life. So what is your units of joy it's 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 called the max score because max can't be on the podcast but it has so got it okay so we're talking about max darlington okay yeah yeah yeah. and historically (laughs) historically we've given sometimes it's out of seven sometimes it's not out of anything sometimes we'll give something a 13 sometimes we'll (laughs) give like non-euclidean answers like just you know basically this is a chance for you to say what you feel it's not really uh, about the score, except that it act, except that the score is important as too as well. Okay, so but but it's about like the happiness and the the contented and satisfaction that you have. Yeah, it's how much sorry. joy. I'm sure this jo- is very interesting for the people listening. Like, ooh, no, I mean, criteria. no, this is good. This is good. No, because okay. Yeah, it's just it's about the joy that it brings you. Yeah, the contented. I think you did. I think you did a. I think I'm saying. All the things that you said, but worse and not as good, and I'm wasting the time that you did so succinctly. And I'm just doing it until I think that you have a score ready, which is me just vamping. And don't worry, I can vamp for a little bit longer. I have some more air in my lungs and the ability to string together words and sentences in a way that is fairly coherent. It's maybe as coherent as all of my thoughts and sentences. Okay. I would say I would give on special effects... I would I like this movie because of the special effects and the time and it took to create all of these beautiful grotesque zombies and I would say that gave me much joy like Marie Kondo style and I would say I would give it 3 out of 6 maxes. I like that. <laughs> Forest you. <laughs> I'm going to give it 30 maxes. Wow. 30 maxes out of like 45. <laughs> 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 you know, I liked it. It was good. It was it's good, but it's not it's not a good movie. You know, I'm not gonna be fucking Siskel and Ebert over here, but I I liked it. So it, it was one of the first things I watched on my new TV, though. So that was memorable. Ooh. I will give it. 
I'll give it two out of did not finish Max's. I would say that the if you do watch it, look out for all the really cool special effects. I mean, there's one point where a zombie gets smashed from like an elevator and just comes apart. Oh, wow. Ooh, great. Yeah, you know what I think I might do? I think I might watch the movie at 1.5 speed. <laughs> there you go. But then cool. slow down to 0.5 when there's like something horrific happening. I'm sure Zack Snyder had enough slow-mo in there that I could just play it at one. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. And as far as Resident Evil, I, I think I genuinely give that four out of... I, th- I think I genuinely actually give Resident Evil eight out of out of nine maxes. Uh, it would have been nine, but the baby took one out for me. <laughs> as far I, There's a motorcycle revving in my background, so I think that's the signal. You know how like, some shows, how some shows have a gimmick where a bullhorn will go off or like a like a bird will fly in and go oh that's the that's the bird that says it's the end of the show mm-hmm. it's uh the people in my neighborhood racing their motorcycles i can't um, hear anything i don't know if it's about you guys nope. well i can i can hear it so it's all in my head spectacular sound system going on but you can reach us at popculturecake at gmail.com if you want to donate just do that i guess i don't fucking care and does anybody want to give any if, if you do the one tier of rewards that we have is an early access to an episode and you get to name it. So I guess I that hate... means Ben gets the uh, early access to this. And gets to name I think, it. yeah, Ben can name this one. I, I honestly hate shilling our shit. Even it's like the worst feeling. Well, I don't being... think we'd, we never really shell it, shill it. We like want to be like, Hey, this episode's brought to you by. No, so we don't. Fresh, you know, we, like... oh, oh, I mean, no, hold on. I need to, I need you to fully understand that. I don't like asking for money, but if hello fresh were to be like, do you want a sponsorship? I would spend six minutes at the top of this episode. No, talking about hello. No, fresh. Brent, no, no. It's one <laughs> thing to be a meme that our friends donate money and get to name episodes or random people. Like that's fun. Yeah. I don't want to go commercial, man. You, you don't, don't you don't commercial. think you want you, you want Brent to keep working fucking Oh my god, Forrest. Week. You are not <laughs> Yeah, and the whole theme of this podcast tonight, as evidenced from the beginning, was about self care. So everybody take some time for yourself. What's your what's your shirt say, Forrest? What does it say? Oh, Columbia teacher's college it's actually my sister's ex-boyfriend got me this shirt for christmas because he said it would make me look smart (laughs) i don't think i don't of all the people we know i think you need the look smart the least out of all of us maybe maybe tied with with steve you both you both both give off a very scholarly like like big brain vibe yeah but i've seen him in a sweater Mm. oh yeah but Steve, Steve, even more. I feel like I'm the professor you don't want because, like, they know stuff, but they're not really good at teaching. Like, they can't explain it. And I feel like Steve is like the exact professor that you want, right? Steve is gonna sit down. Steve's gonna take a chair and flip it backwards and sit on it and have like heart to heart with you. 